Norma Saff is a registered dietitian from Brooklyn, New York, specializing in family and child nutrition. With over 13 years of experience in the field of nutrition, she brings her professional expertise along with her real-life experiences of raising and feeding four children of her own to provide moms with the tools and techniques needed to raise children who grow well and have a positive relationship with all foods. Norma believes that feeding kids should not be so complicated and difficult. She currently offers a group coaching program where she empowers moms on how to confidently feed their kids stress and worry-free. So great to have you, Norma. Tell everyone where they can find you. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So the easiest place is on Instagram. You could find me at family.nutritionist. So welcome, dietitian boss, with lots of experience to share with our people. I can't wait to dive in. I would love to, let's start with hearing about your nutrition philosophy. So as you mentioned in my bio, I always say feeding kids should not be complicated. And it really holds true for children and adults. I don't believe in diets and restricting food. I really believe that all foods fit and I practice that myself and with my kids. I'm the dietitian who does eat the donut and enjoys it and loves salad too. So that's what I like to teach everyone I work with. Yay. So you're doing really well in your business. I love, first of all, how your philosophy shows up in your Instagram feed. Some really great tips in there about how to kind of combine fun treats with healthy foods and that balance really shows up. So uh, you're doing a great job with that. How do you approach goals in your business? So what helps me since I am juggling work life with my kids, I set my goal. I, I really need to set my weekly goals first before even setting my monthly and my yearly goals. Like breaking apart my goals into smaller, more doable, feasible goals has really made my life so much easier. And the whole idea of having my own business has become so much less stressful because they're simple goals to accomplish. But I definitely do mindset goals. And Libby has worked with us a lot on how to adjust um, our mindset. So nothing really gets in my way at this point. I'm really lucky for that. And then I'll also set my financial goals. So that sounds really interesting. Do you have any tips? You've been doing this a while and a lot of our listeners are newer to business. Do you have any tips around like goal setting or what helps you with mindset? Well, there's definitely books to be read about mindset. That's 100% reading books and I don't compare myself to anybody else where when I first started, I was definitely spent a lot of time looking at what everybody else was doing. And it took me time to stop doing that and to understand that I'm selling myself and I'm not selling, you know, that's what someone's, that's why someone wants to work with me because they like working with you and they trust working with you. So that has really helped me. My goals have are basically I set my own goals of what I need to accomplish. I look at they're small goals. Um, I do help in the household in terms of, you know, contributing to the, to, to the finances of this family. So I know how much I need to bring in to help. And that really motivates me when I could save money and, and purchase things and help. I don't know if that was a great answer there, but if that was clear. Yes. So it sounds like you basically have these larger goals, the lo- like the larger goal of 
making X amount of money so that you contribute to your household and that motivates you. And then you break that down into smaller goals that are more sort of feasible and keep you on track day to day so that you feel like you can accomplish them. Right, exactly. Because it's very overwhelming if I look at, you know, only the numbers and I need to make X number of dollars. It gets very overwhelming and, and life happens and times when I also, you know, have to stop working sometimes, like now when my kids are Zoom schooling um, indefinitely. It's, I have to always, it's like, it's okay. Have that mindset that it's okay. Just keep on going, keep on showing up and being consistent. And it, it really, really pays off. So I love that. So kind of being flexible as a mom is super important. And I imagine that having, it sounds like you're really good at prioritizing these attainable, realistic things that you need to get done, prioritizing so that you, even though you need to be flexible, you still get the things done. Absolutely. I always said, I, I want to be a mom. I want my kids to know that I work, but I don't want them to feel like I work. I want to be present for them when they come home from school, when they leave from the morning. That's so important, and especially because I, I teach my, my families that I work with to sit down and have family meals. So I, I really practice that. I'm present with my kids when they're there, sitting down as a family, eating with them, talking with them. And I'll revolve work around that. I won't let that take away from the time of being with my kids and raising them. That's amazing that you're able to run a business, contribute to your family's finances, and fully be present and prioritize time with your family and your children. That is very impressive. Yeah, it's, it's, only, it's taken some time. It didn't happen overnight. It's definitely taking some time. <laughs> I also heard you say comparisonitis, don't compare yourself to others, which I think we're all working on all the time, and such a great tip. Yeah. Yeah. It takes off all the stress. Once you stop doing that, it's so much easier to figure out what you want to do and find your niche and find your space and your, your true colors will come out that way. You know, your posts look like, you know, they represent you. They don't represent someone else's thoughts or ideas. I love that. So what is your niche? How did you get clear on your niche? Who is your niche? What was that process like? Well, I definitely didn't start out working with children and families. I started out in a cardiology office and private practice, but definitely seeing patients struggling with weight, well, you know, weight gain, weight loss, and cardiovascular disease. And that definitely was very hard for me. It was very hard for me in terms of making it compatible with raising my kids, having a child, you know, sick and I can't go to work. And that was really, really hard. Something always was coming up. I slowly transitioned completely to private practice from my home. And then about, I would say about two, three years ago, I had a, a really close friend who was struggling feeding her daughter. And her daughter was, was tiny. She was a year old and she was so small. And I saw my friend, she was stressing so much and watching her feed her daughter was, was painful. And simultaneously, my youngest son, his picky eating tendencies were coming out. I have a son who doesn't eat bread and all those basic foods you would think kids eat. So I started working with my friend's daughter and my son at the same time. And that light bulb just went off. And this is what I should be doing. I've always loved working with kids. I always used to pop into my kids' school to teach nutrition to the kids, to the younger kids. And it was, it was like an aha moment. I was like, I love this. So it did take me a long time. It took me about 10 years, 10, 11 years to find my passion. 
and now I'm I'm mostly completely virtual. I guess everything with with COVID happening has helped push that along. But before COVID, I was already transitioning to a virtual practice, and it's that is so compatible with raising a family. That is amazing. That path from like working for someone else in a cardiology office to figuring out like what lights you up. And it's so clear on your Instagram page that you're amazing at what you do and that it comes from your heart and comes from experience with working with your clients and living your life. You're really, really good at that. So thank you. (laughs) Finding that, I love how you just described that process of like, really, this lights me up. This is like what women need help with. And I love helping them with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think, you know, I had to to spend time, you know, raising my kids. That's what helped me. You know, I had my own kids, my four kids to feed and what relationship I wanted them to have with food. And I have 15 year old twins who have a beautiful relationship and know how to manage their food. So it was my life. That's what I was doing at the moment. So it, it really made sense. So it worked for you to basically see, I love helping other people with this. I'm living this. So I have everyday examples of what could be helpful and what I'm learning. And it's easy to make content, I assume, because you're kind of living it. Exactly. Amazing. Okay. So that's, we sort of answered the next question I had, which is what changed in your business and marketing once you had that clarity Do you want to add anything about that? Like how that clarity of your niche has helped you with business marketing and what did that process look like for you? Right. Well, it definitely, it got easier. Once you, once I niched down and knew exactly what I needed and what I wanted to say, it was much easier to create content. I used to sit there and just stare at the screen. Like, what do I want to post? I have no idea. And now I have everyday life experience that happens. And from my moms I work with in my group coaching or one-on-one, I I constantly have things to say. And that's what makes it so much easier. It doesn't have to be something fancy. And you just say what, you know, just show up and say what's going on, what's happening in real life. Do you have an example of a story that happened like with you and your kids that turned into a really good marketing or post on Instagram? Right. Well, one of my really, really good posts and story is when I served my kids an entire plate of cookies for snack. And my Instagram blew up with mom saying, I would never do that. I mean, almost straight across the board, every mom was in shock. Like, how can you trust your kids with a plate of cookies in front of them? And that really, that hit a spot with a lot of moms that there is this diet culture and this need to restrict and thinking that our kids can't, you know, be trusted around junky like food. So that was that was really a good one. That one really hit a spot with a lot of moms. That is so amazing because it was probably really vulnerable and and it's brave of you to post something like that, knowing that you're gonna get all this feedback and opinions about it. And there you go. Like it actually was one of your most popular posts and probably got you a ton of attention. Right, for sure. Especially when there was cookie, there were cookies left on on that plate, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Creating kind of an intuitive eating approach for your children to trust themselves like it's not a forbidden food and they can eat however much makes them feel good. Exactly. That is amazing. I love it. So 
how do you use Instagram to market and sell? The biggest thing I do is just showing up on my stories daily and at least four or five times a week on my feed and showing up with everyday real life experience, real life things that are happening. And I, I really, I am my ideal client because I am that mom raising kids who wants to, who want them to have a good relationship with foods and decrease picky eating. So I really can engage with my followers and, and hit the points of things they are going through. I tried in the past, you know, many years ago, I used to market myself, um, put ads in local magazines. I used to do email blasts and none of those brought me as much attention as Instagram has brought me. That's where my, my ideal client lives. That's the space that they're on. So it really makes sense to, to show up there. That's amazing. So I'm hearing one is just post consistently four or five times a week and get on stories every day so they can just see your day to day, get to know you kind of the know, like, and trust factor. And it sounds like you're really comfortable showing your, your face. Yes, that it, it took time to, to show my face, I guess, because Instagram and stories was a little bit new to me and a little bit overwhelming at first. It was much easier to just post on my feed. But people want to hear you speak. That's how they get to know you and get to know it, get to like you. They need it. They need to hear you speak. It's a very big, I feel like it's a very big part of it. Absolutely. And it sounds like it's really working for you. Your clients are hanging out there. You tried all these other ways to market like email list, et cetera. And what's happening is you're just doing it on Instagram. They're there and they're finding you. Exactly. And a big thing going back to mindset, you know, if something, if life happens and I can't show up on my feed four or five times a week, that's okay. You know, you just have to let it go. And, you know, you start up again, you don't let one week of, you know, turmoil and you know, things happening set you back. You just pick up where you left off and continue. That's so, so important. I love that. Just like with food, it's not the, you know, that one little setback. If you let that yes. want to quit, it's, it's not going to work out. We all know that it's the consistency and long-term showing up and just like getting back at it and doing your very best. That's going to make a difference in the long run. Yes. 100%. Such, such good advice. So you're really great at using Instagram, creating content, using your day-to-day -day life with your kids. What has been your biggest struggle to get clients from Instagram and how did you turn that around? My biggest struggle was probably the actual enrollment of clients. I had a lot of people would reach out to me on Instagram and ask me questions, but honestly, at the end of the day, it is about sales and making those sales. And before working with Libby, I definitely wasn't hitting my, my sales goals. Once I set a link in my bio, that was like the most important thing I could have done on Instagram because it also, besides that there was a place that someone, you know, they could just directly click on it without having to really speak with you about it and set their own appointment up at their own time. That was huge, but it also helped me get off, get over my struggle of, of asking for money and getting payments because everything was automated. So it was a click and a click and I had, you know, a client booked a call with me and a client would book an appointment with me. And that was a huge, huge moment when that started, you know, really, when I really started understanding that process and implementing it. 
That is amazing. And I had a similar experience. You were posting, you're offering all this value, they're asking questions and engaging, and yet you're not actually getting clients because you're just offering all this free stuff without telling them how to work with you. Right, right. (laughs) Making it super clear, link in bio, this is what you do. This is your, telling them, this is your next step. And that they do it. They're just listening and following simple, simple steps. Right. And most followers need to hear something over and over and over again, I've learned, and see you over and over again before they take that step often, but they, they're interested in you, they follow you, and they eventually click on that, on that link. Yay. So yeah. it made me curious what you just said. So you have a link in your bio that leads to sort of a little survey questionnaire that they fill out. And then how does it go from there to the sale? So. They actually, as part of the survey, I decided to include the cost of my program. And the biggest reason is because I've started to feel more confident in asking for, for what I deserve and what I feel like I'm worth. And I don't want to work with anyone who, didn't, who wasn't ready to pay, the, pay that because from the past, I've learned the people who don't pay are, are not the clients I want to work with. So having that simple question of my program costs this much, are you in a position to pay? So if someone would answer no, then I would kindly just let them know I only work right now with clients who are ready to make that investment. So that was a really, it was a scary step for me to to take, but it has paid off so much because I think people have taken me much more seriously and value my, my value me much more and my service much, much more. And once they click on that, they fill out that form, they can schedule a, a call with me and I can, it gives me the ability to reject that call if they didn't meet the criteria or not. And then we'd speak for about 20 minutes and we'd go ahead and enroll them in the program. That's great. So it's a super hot lead by the time they fill that out and you've kind of made sure that they can, they know how much it is and they might be able to afford you. I assume that once they're talking to you, they know what they're really, they know what they're getting into and it's probably a lot easier to close that sale. Yeah. It takes out a lot of stress. You know, we're, we're, we're dietitians. Uh, we weren't really taught business. So it's a new world of, of that. You know, I, I used to take insurance and now I don't. So it, it's, it was something new to have to learn and to confidently manage. So with respect to your offer, it sounds like you've shifted from taking insurance to now learning to know your value and your worth and just put it right out there and ask for it and they know what it is before they even get on that call with you. So that sounds like one thing you overcame. Is there anything else you had to overcome with respect to your offer? One thing that you, that was getting me hung up when before I wanted to start group programs, why I shied away from it is I also always thought I had to include all these fancy worksheets and handouts. And I was also worried about giving it out you know, how, what's stopping people from sharing it with other people that was always running through my mind. And Libby really, she said one thing and it stuck with me. She said, all you have to do is sell yourself. You don't need to give out anything. And, you know, everything is in my, when I have my programs now, there's no worksheets, there's no handouts. It's all dialogue and conversation. And I saved so much time because I had spent so much time in the past trying to make those worksheets and, you know, it really helped so much. So in terms of financially, I've, I've gained and also in my time, I'm wasting less time and can actually have more time to work with moms. 
That's great. So your group programs sound like they're essentially mostly live, just like Q&As and support. Exactly. (laughs) How fun. So that's amazing. Creating that group program, stop kind of obsessing over creating all the perfect handouts and all the value added things and just realizing that you're the value, that working with you and your wealth of knowledge and experience is what they're paying for and what they want. Yes, absolutely. And with time, the more and more, you know, people enroll in the program and the more and more clients, I mean, I, I do see one-on-one also that just continues to boost your confidence and, and make you feel good that you know what you're doing. Cause it's scary sometimes when it's something new. Absolutely. So you do group programs and individual. How do you go about making that offer to people? Uh, do you find that a lot of them think they want individual attention. How do you do the call when it's like you have two things to offer? How do you balance that? Right. So I made myself a very simple, you know, list of criteria of who's best for which. And the biggest thing is that I'll ask moms of how long they've been struggling with the problem. If it's something new and they haven't tried much, they're definitely a good candidate for the group program. But if it's been like a long standing problem, and they've tried so many things, I can tell right off the bat that they're going to need much more support and handholding, and they'd be better suited for um, the one on one. And in that sales call, that's where I sort of will decide which one, which offer to, to, to let them know about. That is genius. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> My so pleasure. There- is there anything that's been surprisingly easier than you expected? Well, I think I've mentioned it before that the asking for the amount that I think I'm worth was huge. Just I was first scared to ask that that much. And once I just did it, like there's I was getting so much more objections on my price before. I used to I used to get the calls of like, oh, do you accept insurance? And okay, but like my insurance should cover it and when it wouldn't that was so stressful. And now like I was scared to, to switch over to that cash pay model. And it was so easy. It was so easy because when someone wants to work with you and you're offering what they need, they're not really questioning how much money is it costing them. They're question- they just want to know that you're going to be able to help them. And that's all that matters. So it was that simple. <laughs> That is so great. So basically realizing that when you are the solution to their problem, it doesn't matter to most people how much you're charging. They just want to know that you can actually help them. Right. That is gold right there. So, so valuable. So you touched on this a little bit. Is there anything else you want to say about how you approach sales now versus when you first started your business? When I first started, I had no goals. <laughs> so I definitely changed in terms of that. Um, I was happy you know, to be making some money in the beginning. Now I, I set my goals much harder because I believe in myself much more and I know I can do it. So I, every few months I'll look back and see, you know, did I hit my sales goal and can I go to the next level? And it's a constant it's a constant thing. You know, you set your goals at one number and then you reach them and then you, you go, I go a little higher. I don't have to go that much higher every time, but it really feels good to reach those goals and move on to the next level. That's great advice. 
uh, so kind of incrementally increasing your prices as you feel really confident and comfortable. Right. So would you mind sharing about money, how much you have made? What are your goals? Of course. So I, I'm currently making about $2,500 a month. My goal is to be hitting 5000 and that goal is not, not, not overnight for me. I'm giving myself a year to start hitting that goal of 5000 a month. So 2500 has been pretty consistent for the past few months, which is unbelievable for me to consistently have that income. Before, I used to have those like ups and downs of income. And to be able to know how much I'm making, especially with the group programs, because people are enrolling in advance, so I know what to expect. And anything extra, you know, one-on-ones is always bonus. So that's, that's where I am now and where I hope to go. That is so exciting. Congratulations. And that is Thank you. a phenomenal amount of money. And I love your goal. And I'm sure that you'll reach that goal. Right. Especially that you can make your own hours and juggle. I could juggle my four children and have time for them and my husband and, and, and be able to work. It's, it's amazing. Right. To be able to make that much money while really feeling like you're authentically living your best life and giving all of yourself that you want to, to your family and children. Right. Right. It's awesome. That's awesome. Do you have any stories, clinical stories to share? So I'm going to, I'm going to share, you know, I, I deal with children and you think most of my kids are picky eaters and they're underweight. And I've actually had a lot of moms who reach out to me because their kids are picky, but they are actually worried that they are gaining too much weight. And um, without saying like a specific story, but I see it over and over with these moms and these families that it's a, I hold their hands to really believe in their children and not restrict them. And it's so, so scary for them. Just the other day, I was working with one mom and she broke down in tears during our meeting because she saw how much her own eating habits and her lifestyle, you know, how she thinks, you know, she should look and her child should look has been passed down to her child and she's judging her child, how she eats and how she looks. And it's really hard sometimes for, for mothers to, to come to terms with their eating and their competency and to really assess that and to to raise their, their, I'm going to say specifically their daughters to be really positive and self-confident about how they eat and, and how they feed them. And it's, it's a journey for them. And I do see that a lot. That is amazing that they have you there to support them through. These are real intense challenges, especially as a parent. It's like, you feel like it's your job. It's obviously so important to set these children up with the right tools, like you said, to be able to have a healthy relationship with food without having that diet culture mentality that a lot of us grew up with and restricting mentality and sort of trust issues around food. I wish I had you around when I was growing up to work with my parents. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Now, it's hard. Really, 
there's a big mindset change that has to go on and to be able to, to self-reflect for these moms and say, I don't want this to happen to my child. I don't want to be fed. I, I don't want them to grow up in a restricted household the way I was. And I want to raise them better and more confident. I love it. So being an experienced dietitian who's tried all the things and is now kind of finding that work-life balance that's working and meeting your financial goals, what advice would you give to someone who's just starting? The biggest thing I would say is, like I said in the beginning, do not compare yourself to what any other person is doing. And don't let, you know, there's a lot of health coaches out there and non-credentialed, if we could call them nutritionists. And that really used to get in my way. How can they be doing what I went to school to do for so long and I learned, you know, X, Y, and Z and they didn't? Just do what you know. Do what you know and go with it. You're, you're really qualified to go for it. And again, people just, people are looking at you. If they like you, they're going to work, want to work with you. If they like what you have to say, they're going to work, going to work with you. They're not looking for what someone else has to say. They want to hear you and let that, let that come through. Great advice. You be you, you do you, kind of what other people are doing is really none of your business and it's a waste of your time to worry about it. Oh, I would get back so much time from <laughs> from what I had what I looking at other people's things <laughs> would have saved me a lot of time. Especially on Instagram. It's great to look at what other people are doing and see kind of what's working and what you like for you, which is kind of what you said before is trying to mimic someone else that that really isn't your voice, isn't going to work. But maybe, of course, taking notes of accounts that you do really jive with and what's working for them. But Instagram is its own beast. And we all know that it's just going to randomly decide to blow someone up and give them a million followers in two months for some reason. And others that are doing amazing content are going to get, you know, 10 clients a week forever. But... Right. The people who find you are the ones who find you, the ones who resonate with you, who love you and are going to want to work with you. So none of that, all that stuff that's so easy to get distracted by and upset by, it doesn't really matter. What matters is you doing you, showing up and being your authentic self. And that's how you're going to attract your ideal customers. Exactly. And you don't have to have 10,000 followers or a million followers to, to, to make a good living. You could do well with much less followers and use Instagram as the build community also within other practitioners in your niche. That's been huge. Not thinking, oh, why would I partner up with someone else to do a live together? You know, someone's going to go want to work with them. Totally get that out of your head because that's, that's what, what the client wants. They see that and they just, it, it fosters people wanting to work with you. Yes, absolutely. And Libby's program is so good about that, of letting go of competition and embracing, just supporting other dietitians, uh, commenting, liking, sharing their posts, and realizing there's so many people out there that need us, and they're just going to jive with whoever's personality they jive with, and it's all okay. Like They might have followers that are going to actually want to work with you. You're going to have followers that really want to work with them. And there's enough people out there for all of us to help. Yes, it's so, so true. I, I've seen it. I'm seeing it happening now. I would have never thought of teaming up with other, with other practitioners a few years ago. And ever since working with Libby, that's, 
uh, I look forward to it. <laughs> Yay. So tell us what's next for you and your business. I recently started the group coaching program. I'm really hoping to have one program running a month. I, that, that's my, my current goal right now, to just have this continuous, continuous group program going on, having people come in and out of it. And I, I'm thinking about if it's something I want to put out like a recording or not, but right now I really am just doing it live. So I'm just limited with how much time I can actually be available for it. And uh, that's fine. Just consistently having these group programs running, it, it would be amazing. That's great. So your first step was to start group programs. The next step sounds like doing it more consistently, getting people in every month. And then potentially in the future, recording some of it so that you don't have to have 100% of it be your time for money. Yes, absolutely. Yes, exactly. Thank you so much for sharing such valuable, valuable information and tips and tricks. And tell everyone again where they can find you. Sure. So thanks again. And you can find me at, on Instagram at family.nutritionist. This was amazing. So I hope everyone gets on there and asks you for more advice and partners with you and starts liking and following because you have so much to offer and uh, we'll keep in touch. I'll see you on Instagram. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.